We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to tune in and listen to the Brotherhood Breakfast from January with Pastor Whit George. I want to mentally prepare you for this one because this one you got to put your big boy pants on for. What happens in 2021 begins with us. And as a brotherhood, as leaders, as men, that's a really important message to start your year off with to recognize that we have a ton of untapped potential and what it takes to tap into that potential. So I'm excited to share it with you today. Let's listen to his message to the Brotherhood. Good morning, men. Great to see you guys this morning. Before I uh, jump in this morning, I thought a lot about this, been praying this week, I'm sure as many of you have. Um, I don't know how many of you were able to join. I couldn't see who was on the call Wednesday night. We did a prayer call, of course, after Wednesday. A difficult day, a dark day for our country, and um, spent a lot of time just thinking about and praying, Lord, where do we go? What do we do? How do we respond? In a room this big, I know that there's going to be different points of view on what happened, how it happened, why it happened, how we should respond to it, but here's what I know as the church, is that we have one Father We have one Savior and one Lord in Jesus. We were baptized into one family, and we move at the behest of the same one Holy Spirit. The same blood flows through our veins, and I think we would be wise together this morning as a brotherhood to join together to pray over our nation, our leaders, our country, and over this year. So I'd love to invite you this morning. Would you join me in that before we get started today? Heavenly Father, we pray for peace in our nation. We pray, Lord, against a spirit of division, strife, lawlessness that would seek to tear us apart. Father, we pray for peace. So far as it depends on us, let there be peace. Father, we pray for our president, President Trump. We pray, Lord, that you would give him wisdom to lead well in the remaining days that he has in office. May he make decisions, Father, that benefit our country and our people. Father, we also lift up our incoming president, President President-elect Joe Biden. And Father, though there may be things we disagree with him on, Lord, we pray the same prayer for him. We pray for wisdom, for the good of our people, for the furthering of the gospel and the moving forward of the kingdom of God. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray against forces, evil spiritual forces that would seek to divide us, that would seek to bring strife and division, and we stand against them in the name of Jesus. We pray for peace. We pray for healing. Father, we pray for justice where it's necessary in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray 
for 2021 that no matter what happens in elected office and no matter what happens with our government, Father, we pray as you taught us to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we are a confident people knowing that you stand above any president or government or elected official and that you can move in spite of what we see. This is the God that you are, the beginning and the end, the all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent God. Our hope, our faith, our confidence, our trust is in you, and we thank you because we believe in faith that 2021 will be a good year regardless of what we see around us. We purpose that as for us and our house, we will serve the Lord, and therefore the joy of the Lord is our strength. And all my brothers said this morning a good amen. Amen. I, uh, the message I have for you today is uh, a significant one for me. I, I've been thinking a lot about this. I actually wrote this, I think, Tuesday morning around 5.30 in the morning. I woke up, was just on my mind, thinking about how we were gonna start the year. And I really felt like, and it doesn't always happen, some messages you just kinda, you gotta really grind to get them out. Others just kinda flow out of you. This is one of those that flowed out of me. It's a personal experience sermon, which are always, in my opinion, the best kind of sermons. And so, I was just so passionate about this. I'm actually going to preach this this weekend because I think the whole church will need to hear it, but I wanted to preach it to you first. Because what's going to happen in 2021, guys, starts in this room. What's going to happen around us is really begins with us. The biggest difference that can be made in our families, in our business, with the community around us begins with us, and if we'll take that level of responsibility and say, hey, it's on me, I'm not putting it out there, I'm not putting it on what happens on the news, I'm putting it on me, I'm telling you, the bigger the difference you will see in 2021. So here's what I came here to tell you today. The husband you can be in 2021, the father you could be, the man you could be, the leader you could be, all the potential that's in you that could be realized this year. And I, I love the beginning of a year because it, it's always kind of a, you're standing on the precipice of potential. I want you to just stop and think about it. Who could you be a year from now? What could change in your life? How could you grow? Because I don't know about you, but I haven't arrived yet. There's still potential for me out in front of me. What could God do in you this year if you let him? There's potential. But here's what I came here to tell you, is that that potential is on the other side of pain. And I know you're all deeply encouraged right now just thinking, great, what a way to start 2021. But it is the truth. Potential is realized through pain. Another way to say it might be this, that the price of potential is pain. If you want to grow, it will require pain. I was 
reading a book this year, in fact, powerful book, and if what I'm saying today resonates with you in any real way, you might consider getting this book by Sam Chan called Leadership Pain. I was digging into it. It was actually a gift to me this year. I'm so thankful for the gift. 2020, I don't know about you, but 2020 was the hardest year of my life. Just the, all the, the factors, the, the things that happened, the kind of just every, all the crazy that hit the church, uh, the political climate, the tension around the world, and everything that's going on, all the different opinions, all the different disappointment. As a pastor, you feel the disappointment of people who wished you'd say things that you didn't say, and they're upset that you said the things that you did. Uh, you feel the criticism, and you feel all of that in addition to the weight that you carry, kind of leading an organization like this. It, it was just a heavy year. And I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that there were many points throughout the year. I, I say many, but there were a couple of times throughout the year where I had some real conversations with God, like, do I want to do this anymore? Is it worth it to put myself, my family, through what kind of the behind the scenes of all of this is like? And God led me to this book, I believe, supernaturally by his Holy Spirit. And right on the first pages of the book, it's, uh, an interview with Craig Groeschel, and Craig, as you know, founded Life Church in 1996, and he said this. I thought this was incredible. He said that just before he started the church, he said a friend and mentor, somebody he'd looked up to in ministry, came to him and said, Craig, I, I'm, before you start this thing, I'm just going to tell you, I can only promise you one thing, but one thing I can guarantee you. Craig thought, what's he going to tell me? If God is for me, who can be against me? Get ready, this is going to be so exciting. And he told him this. He said, Craig, I can promise you this. God will break you in this season. What? Break me? But he said over the next several months and years, that's exactly what began to happen. There was a breaking that happened. Pain. Growth and pain are linked. And let me tell you why. Because growth means change. And change means loss. And loss means pain. Therefore, if you want to grow, it's going to mean that you're going to have to experience a measure of pain. Now, not all pain is equal. Not all pain is to the same degree. Some pain is, is small. Other pain is large. Here's what I can tell you. The more growth, the more pain will be required. And so when we start to change our mindset about what pain is and how God actually strategically uses it for your benefit and for his glory, our approach to pain changes and our approach to potential changes. Jordan Peterson, who is a Canadian clinical psychologist and philosopher and honestly I think one of the best thinkers alive on the planet today, uh, said that you could maybe fundamentally understand the world through the lens of unrealized potential. In other words, maybe everything that we see is just potential that's waiting to be sort of mined out. Think about this, everything that you see, everything that's happened, everything that mankind has ever built from the seats and lights in this auditorium to the space shuttles that take astronauts into space, 
All of the materials to produce everything that's ever been made were in the planet when the first man and woman walked here. All of it. It was just unrealized potential. Friends, your life is the same way. You're full of unrealized potential. And to mine that out, to pull that out, means drinking the cup of pain. In Matthew chapter 20, the mother of James and John, who were two of Jesus' disciples, the sons of Zebedee, their mother comes to Jesus. Maybe they were millennials because she came to kind of their job interview and asked for a position for her sons, right? And so she shows up to Jesus and she goes, hey, when you come into, and I'm sorry to the millennials in the room, but I'm just acknowledging reality. Anyway, so we employ a lot of millennials. So, so she comes to Jesus and she says, hey, you know, when you come into your kingdom, Promise. Think about this. I, I could just see this mother. She sees her sons through all of the eyes of potential, all the lens of possibility of who they could be and what they could accomplish. These were just teenagers. You realize the disciples, all the paintings that we have of them are those of old men with beards. They weren't old men with beards. They were kids. And so she comes to Jesus and she says, promise that one will sit at your right hand and the other at your left when you come into your kingdom. What's she saying? She's going, my boys, they've got so much potential. Jesus, they could do so much. I mean, look at John, look at James. Oh, he's so organized. He's so creative. Think of what they could do. She sees them like any good mother does through the lens of potential, what they could be. And Jesus' response is interesting. You know what he says to them? Or to her and to them, because they're standing there. He says, you don't know what you're asking for. And then he asks a question. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? In other words, you have all of these dreams and there's all of this potential and you could do so much, yes. But can you drink the cup? What's the cup? The cup was a representation of the suffering of Jesus. You know, when we're, whenever we take communion together in a church and we drink the cup and we take the bread, what does the cup represent? Blood. The spilled blood of our Lord and Savior. And he asks them, can you drink the cup? Between you and your potential, between you and the you that you want to be, the you that you could be, the you that God wants you to be is a cup. And it's a cup filled with pain. It's not all bad. It's not all negative. But I, I'm just telling you, there's pain associated with it because growth leads to change and change leads to loss and loss leads to pain. Can you drink the cup? And this is the challenge that I want to lay down for all of us as we enter into this new year. God has dreams for you. I'm here to tell you some great news. There's potential on the inside of you. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I thought you had realized it all. But the very fact that we're having this conversation means there's more for you. 
There's more that you can be, but it's on the other side of change. And I don't know about you, but I don't want 2021 to be like 2020. I want to take even more ground. I want to become even more planted, more stable, a better husband, a better father, a better leader, because the people around me are counting on me to do so. And so I I come to this place and this day Even though on days like Wednesday as a pastor, I don't know about you, but I find myself going, why, God? Why did you appoint me for this time? There's been a lot of peaceful time. Why am I in the the driver's seat now? Yeah, I, I put those thoughts out of my mind and I say, do in me what you need to do. Take me through whatever you need to take me through so you can get me where you want me to be. How do we respond then to pain? I want to offer you three thoughts that I truly think could be life-changing for you if you'll apply these in 2021. This isn't just a a nice three-point sermon so I can get you out of here. Seriously, these will change your life. Three things. Number one is this. Respect the pain. Jesus said this in Luke 14. He said, if anyone would come after me, If anyone's going to be my disciple, he said this, let him first count the cost. Understand there's a price to be paid for this. Years ago, I I decided for the first time in my life to seriously work out. I had never really exercised much. Of course, I played basketball, but I don't know, back in the 90s, we didn't have a weight you know, training program or anything like that. Whenever I was on the basketball team, we would just run wind sprints, that sort of thing. And so I determined, uh, probably 2011 or so, that I was going to go through P90X. And uh, of course, you know, we've all probably heard of P90X. I had heard a little bit of it, heard that phrase, and then started to hear some of the kind of horror stories about what it was to go through P90X. I I determined that this was the program that I was going to do, but before I did it, I did a lot of research, and I'm so glad that I did. I watched the videos. I I listened to testimonials of people that had done it. I talked to people that had been through it, and I said, tell me, what's it like? What do I need to prepare for? I talked to Dusty Otis, our our trainer over here in the field house and on on our LCS football team at the time. I just said, hey, help me out with this. Tell me what I need to expect. What do I need to get ready for this? I respected the process. And here's the thing. Because I was ready for what was to come, it prepared me for what I experienced when I got into it. It's important for you to understand this, that if you're going to be the husband, father, leader, man that you can be in 2021, you need to respect the fact and understand the fact that there will be some struggle with it, that it won't just come easily. Any of you that have ever worked out in your life, you understand this one thing. You understand that you've got to be skeptical of any workout that doesn't cause you pain. Think about it. Have you ever done a workout and been like, I felt nothing, that wasn't even hard. Wow, what a workout. Or is it, Very different than that. Aren't the best workouts the one where you're laying dead at the end on the mat going, I I, I mean, that just killed me. 
But then it's awesome after that, right? It, it's incredible. I used to play basketball into the evening. I loved playing basketball, and I would play anytime the gym was open, and we would set up open gyms and, in the evening and, and, uh, and go play. And I remember playing to the point that I physically could not go anymore. I would play for two, three hours, and by the end of it, I would be playing, I'd been playing so long that anytime I would go up for a layup or try to jump, one of my calves would just cramp up. It was at that point I know, it's time to stop. And I would go home, and I, and I hadn't felt this in a long time, so just recently, in fact, just before the end of this last year, I, I worked out in the evening. I hadn't done that in a while. Normally, I'll wait, work out in the morning, but I needed to get a workout in that day, and I decided to work out in the evening, and so I worked out and laid in bed, and I thought, oh, wow. I haven't felt this feeling in a long time. The feeling of laying in bed and your body is just exhausted because you've pushed it to its limits. And, and there's pain involved with that, but how many of you know it also kind of feels good to push yourself that way? Friends, it's the same way with every area of your life. If you're going to realize your potential, you need to respect the fact that there's a cost that's associated with it. Somebody somewhere once said that the best things in life are free. They were lying to you. The best things in life are not free. Oh, but love is free. Really? Have you loved anybody? <laughs> Peace isn't free. Freedom and liberty are not free. The best things in life actually cost the most. Are you willing to count the cost. Second thing I would tell you about pain is this. Respect the pain. The second thing you got to do is you need to embrace the pain. Embracing the pain looks like willfully accepting and receiving it as a gift. Rather than running from it and rejecting it. And, 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 and here's the thing. Some of us are wire, wired up, and I, I don't think any of us are, unless you're a little bit off in the head, any of us are really like gluttons for punishment. We just like pain. But, but some of us are even more pain-averse than others. And some of this really truly depends on your personality. I've got a couple of friends who just their inner wiring kind of pushes them away from, they're fun people. They're just like, I love fun. I kind of gauge everything. My, my wife is one of these people. She's just like, I, I look for things. If they're not fun, I don't want to do it. And they kind of don't like to deal with things that are painful. Some of us, it's a little easier to go, that's painful, but we've got to do it. But embracing the pain looks like going, hey, even though I may hate this, even though this may go against my natural tendency and wiring, this has to be embraced in order to receive the gift of what this could be. I have someone in my life who I'm very close to who has been through a lot of pain in their life. Now, let me just qualify this. Not Pain is required to grow, but understand this. Pain doesn't always equal growth. Does that, does that follow? You, you have to experience pain to grow, but just because you experience pain doesn't mean you're growing. That's your choice. So, so I have a friend, someone that I'm close to, and they've been through a lot in their life, and there's a lot of pain there. Some of it of their own making, Others of it, things that have been done to them. A father who was abusive 
um, really tough upbringing, struggles with alcohol addiction, depression, uh, maybe might even have some kind of mental chemical imbalance, some stuff like that that needs to be dealt with. And so I've watched all of this play out in this person's life, and it's heartbreaking. And here's why. Because I can see the potential. I mean, the potential in this guy is incredible. As an encourager, as somebody to come and get in your corner and build you up and love on you and walk with you, unbelievable. What a gift this guy is. But the problem is this. He's cut himself off at the knees because there's some stuff in his past that he would rather not deal with. And I have literally sat at breakfast with him and talked to him about this. And it's not like he doesn't know it's there. It's not like he hasn't connected his present ineffectiveness to his past. He fully recognizes the connection, but through tears he'll tell me when I say, you need to sit down and talk to someone about it. He will cry and say, but it's just too painful. For him, he just cannot see how that walking through that difficulty would produce anything better than what he has right now. Or, or maybe he fears that he'll be able to survive it altogether. That maybe I'll just die on the other end of this. My son Elliot uh, went to the skate park at the gathering place this last Sunday. I took him over there. He rides a a scooter. He's actually pretty good at it. So occasionally he'll ask me to take him over there. And if you've not been to the skate park at the gathering place, what it is, it's this huge kind of concrete bowl system. It's incredible. It's like basically a gigantic swimming pool that's been drained. And so when I went to pick Elliot up after he'd been there for a couple of hours, um, he got in the car and he said, Dad, there was a mouse trapped down in the bowls these slick concrete walls. He goes, it couldn't get out. I don't know if it got washed down in there with all the rain or what, but there was a mouse trap down in there. He goes, it couldn't get out. He said, so I, I tried to help it out. I said, how did you do that? He said, well, I got it onto the deck of my scooter. I said, are you picking this mouse up with your hands? He said, no. I was able to lure it onto the deck of my scooter, and then I would try to lift it out of the bowl. I said, what happened? He said, it would jump off every time. I started to sense a dad moment, kind of teaching moment coming on here. I said, why do you think it did that, son? He said, because it thought that something bad was going to happen to it. How many of us, it's the exact same way that we are? You should go to counseling. Don't know if I can. Don't know if I can get in a small group. Don't know if I can share that secret with somebody. Don't know if I can admit that I have a problem. Let me just deal with it by myself. When we fail to embrace the pain, we miss the opportunity that God wants to do in us because he wants to use the difficulty to change you, to grow you. And this changed my perspective in 2020. When I got to the point that I realized, oh, I'm not just suffering aimlessly, pointlessly. This is God trying to grow me. When I changed my perspective, it changed the way I thought about all of it. 
When I realize that I'm going through criticism and dealing with people's disappointment because I'm a little too attached to the way that people talk about me and think about me and that I need to learn to live more for an audience of one than trying to seek the approval of people, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the criticism because it's drawn me closer to you and I'm a better leader and pastor as a result of it. Do you see what I'm saying? But when you don't embrace the pain, you'll continually jump off the deck of the scooter, as it were, and therefore short-circuiting and circumventing everything that God wants to do in you, and you'll just keep repeating the process over and over and over and over again until one day the scooter just doesn't show up anymore, and you are who you are. So we embrace the pain as Jesus embraced the pain. On the night before he was crucified, Jesus, in a room with his disciples, gave them the bread, said, this is my body, and he gave them the cup. But before he gave them the cup, which represented his blood, for him this was not just symbolic, for him this was real. Before he gave them the cup, do you know what he did? He gave thanks for the cup. He embraced it. And later in the garden, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass before me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's the same prayer, friends, that all of us pray. Can I tell you this? A Christianity without a cross is no Christianity at all. You will not, a servant is not above his master. If Jesus went to the cross, so will we. It's going to look different. We may not be hanging naked on the side of the road, thank God, but the cross, to the cross, we will go. We will be broken. Our blood, figuratively, will be spilled. There'll be things we'll lay down. Why? Because on the other side of it is resurrection. On the other side of it is realized potential. Jesus, before he went to the cross, was just a rabbi. Yes, he could teach. Yes, he could heal. Yes, he performed miracles. But he became the son of God when he rose from the dead. And that can't happen unless you first go to a cross. Friends, the same thing is true for you. The path of Jesus, the way of Jesus, is the way of his disciple. Where his road leads, your road leads. And what I can tell you, because I've been through it, is that on the other side of the cross is freedom and transformation like you never thought possible. Friends, the man I am today is a complete testament to the suffering and pain that I went through over the years of realizing who I was. I was religious. I was far from God. I was playing a game when I got serious with God and owned it, which was painful to do things began to change. Lastly is this, share the pain. Respect it, embrace it, share it. What does that mean? Well, here, here's, the, here's the difference between us and Christ. We don't walk through our trial alone. Jesus did. He bears the pain and the weight of it all with you. And so when you're struggling and the Lord is leading you into something and asking for growth and change for you and from you, he, he doesn't ask you to bear it all by yourself. He says, let me carry it with you. 
And in that sense, you're never alone in this. God walks with us. But here's the other side of that, because there's really two sides to the kind of sharing it coin. The other way that we share the pain is that when we allow God to work in us, and when you allow him to kind of pull out of you and mine out of you the potential that's on the inside of you, here's the thing, is it's not just a gift for you. Do you realize that? That if you grow this year, like think about this, who's gonna win if you become more the man you're supposed to be this year? Who's gonna benefit? Whose life's gonna get better? It's not just yours, I can assure you. It's the people around you, the people that you lead, the people that you go to school with, your family, your wife, your, your, your kids. Other people will benefit, and friends, this is how it is always with God. When God called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This is the way it always works with God, is that the blessing God gives to you is never, 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 never just about you, ever, ever. I like to say it like this, there's, there's not a, your salvation is not just a negative thing. In other words, it's not just the subtraction of your sins. Too many Christians are living like that's reality. In other words, I come to Jesus to deal with my past, and then basically from that point on, I try to be a good person and Jesus is there if I need him to be. No, God didn't just save you from something, he saved you for something, meaning the gift of salvation is both negative, he subtracts and carries your sins, and positive in that he gives you a new ministry assignment. And let me tell you, your ministry assignment is almost always connected to your pain. What he's brought you through is what he's going to use as a platform to minister to other people. What is the greatest symbol of hope and new life in our world today, if not the Roman cross, which was the greatest instrument of torture that the world and mankind had ever devised, and yet today it's been turned around to be a symbol of hope and refuge and new life and new beginning. How is that possible but only God? And he will do the same in your life. He'll take the cross that you've hung on and he'll turn that around and turn it into ministry. When I listen to Lee and Shannon Martin share their story or Pastor Stephen Posey share their story or countless others, when I stand up here and talk about my porn addiction or my failures as a husband, I do so because I'm proudly sharing the cross that I've been through, not because I'm proud of myself, but because I'm going, look at what God did. I died, but he brought me back to life. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So the pain that he brings you through is not just because he's, I don't know, sadomasochistic. He, he, he likes punishing people. That's not it. It's, he's, he's going to leverage it because it's transformative. It changes you. It makes you into someone new. And the new creation that you become is not just about you, but it's about everybody else. Who will win this year? Whose life will be changed? Who's going to be so happy, so thrilled that you made some changes, that you realized your potential? But consequently, friends, the, 
reverse is also true. If you don't pay the price, if you don't drink the cup, your family will. Your kids will. Your wife will. Your company will. That's why I preach this message to you first, because it starts with you. And so my hope, here's the thing, 2021, we're six days in and already it's to hell. Six days, we made it. I'm like, geez, wow. I had thought, I had hoped. I know Lee preached to us last weekend and said, don't get your hopes up about 2021, but I admit, I had done it. Six days in. Come on, come on, come on. But let me tell you something. 2021 can be great regardless of what happens around you if you choose and purpose in yourself to go, come hell or high water, I am, I, I'm embracing what God has for me. And Lord, if it's painful, I'll do it. If it means going to see a counselor, I'll do it. If it means jumping into a mid-sized group, I'll do it. If it means texting a friend and saying, I have a problem, I'll do it. Whatever you're asking me to do, God, I will do it. Somebody said, then what do I do? Let me tell you, whatever the Holy Spirit's stirring in your heart right now, here's what I know about God. He leads you in steps. Chances are, if you're quiet, right here, right now, you got a step you could take and you know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's talking to a friend. I don't know if it's sitting down with a, maybe a, a father in your life. I don't know if it's going to see a counselor, maybe it's jumping into a small group, maybe it's going to the next move. Can I tell you this? Can I beg and plead you? No matter how small and insignificant the step may seem, do it. Oh, that couldn't make a difference. That's nothing. That's nothing big enough of what Pastor Witt was talking about. Do it. God often delights in putting ridiculous steps in front of you that are beneath you, that feel like you're way above, to see if you're humble enough to go wherever he leads. And I'm just telling you, God's looking for a group of men who will go, okay, God, wherever you take me, whatever it means, I will follow. And if you do, potential is on the other side of that. Resurrection is on the other side of that. Transformation is on the other side of it but it's not gonna come without a cross. So let's lean in and drink the cup together this year. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. Heavenly Father, this has been a challenging sermon, and I know it. Um, But I also know that this is exactly what you asked me to teach. Holy Spirit, I pray for these men. Speak to them right now. Speak. Do what only you can do. Say what only you can say. Take my words and use them however you need. Expand them. Enrich, enlighten, bring fresh revelation and correction where needed. Father, you do what you can do. I pray for the hearts of our men this morning, as I did on the way in here today, 
And this morning, early, Father, I pray their hearts would be open to receive the word and the seed of the word that's been planted here today so that it may bear fruit. In Jesus' name, I pray against the work of the enemy that would seek to even right now bring excuses and reasons why I don't need to do what he just talked about doing. I pray, oh God, against the work of the enemy, and I pray that the seed that's been planted today would bring life and a bountiful, fruitful harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in the room this morning. You say, wit, I need a transformational encounter with Jesus, and I need it today. I don't want to wait till this weekend. I don't want to wait till the next sermon. The Holy Spirit is dealing with me right now, and I just need to own it and say, I want to make things right between me and God, and I don't, I, I'm going to be bold right there where I sit. Would you just raise your hand to let me know that's you? I want to pray for you. Yep, yep. Hands over here to my left. Thank you. Right over here to my right. Thank you. Thank you. Several hands went up. Thank you. I'm going to pause here for just a second. Yep, right down here in the front. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Anybody else want to join these that have raised their hands? I want to pray for you. Yes, sir. I see you over here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. I see you back there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join these? I'm going to pray here in just a second. Awesome. All right, let me pray over you like I said I would. Father, thank you for these men who have courageously lifted their hand to say, I want to make things right. Father, give them boldness to take the next step. Fill them with strength, Lord, to continue walking this out so that they could experience you in a new and transformational, life-changing, life-shaping way. Lord Jesus, I know you want to, but I'm going to ask anyway. Make yourself real to them in a new and fresh way. I pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.